Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a weekly improvised audio drama series that uses role-playing game mechanics. I am your host, show creator and narrator, Aubrey Lydon, and with me as always are my not-quite-co-hosts, but cast, Chester Lydon and BJ Ingate. How are we going? We're pretty good. We're going. We're doing this. We're Hello. Going. How are you? How are you? How are you? What are you doing right now? How's your day going? I was asking BJ, but yes. Oh, uh, how are you also, <laughs> yes. listener? Or patron. Mm, or patron. Patron. If you're not a patron, <laughs> we don't need to push it that much. Hey, like We're hey. slowly bringing it closer to the start of the episode. Like, next week will just be Patreon! <laughs> Give us money! Hi, welcome to Dark Time! <laughs> We've got a taste now. We've got three yeah. as of recording. We've got a taste we're no longer life. operating at a loss. Hello, my name is Chester Lynn. I play... Will I take out the book and read my Ooh. character information? My one page of notes from the first episode? Never again. <laughs> I play Ernest Marsh, a lifelong Boy Scout and nature enthusiast who has been given a chance to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a park ranger. This dream has led him to the Hook Bar Archipelago. Hi. How you doing? Hi. So. How you doing? Ernest Fact. So, uh, a lot of this stuff has been kind of operated around schooling. Uh, because with the the people we're dealing with are children, basically, and a lot of their drama associates around school and school tests. Ernest was always a pretty good student. He wasn't very, like, amazing at PE stuff, just because he's a pretty small guy type of thing. He's not very muscular. He's not a very sporty type of person. Uh, but he really enjoyed school. He was best at English and art. And wasn't very good at maths. But he tried with maths. He tried with maths a lot. But he just he didn't have that type of brain. He didn't look at things mathematically. He looks at things emotionally. And how does this make me feel? Not how does this work type of thing. He could never be a mechanic or anything like that. But the best he ever did, like on a test, was his maths test. So this was in year 10, I think. So before he gets, like, super hard. But he was really unwell. He shouldn't have been there. He had, like, the worst flu of his life type of thing. And he was in the classroom. And he was getting, like... Because he gets sometimes... When he gets unwell, he gets, like, a hay fevery stuff. And so he could barely see. His eyes were just watering. The person next to him thought he was crying type of thing. <laughs> he was just really unwell and had, like, yeah, a cold. Okay, so it was, like, his nose was running, his eyes were running. He was just like, I can't see anything. Thing. And it was all, like, select the bubble type of thing. It was, like, select the right hands type of thing. He was just like, I can't see anything. I'm going to ruin it. And it was just, like, <laughs> circling different stuff and all this type of stuff. He drew, like, a pineapple <laughs> on it as well. That was also crying. That was also crying and all this type of stuff. And um, he got through the test and it was the best he ever did on maths exam. Uh, and he doesn't know really <laughs> how it worked or what like what part of maths it was on. He just couldn't see, but he just refused to not go for his test. He was like, they'll think, they'll think I'm bad. They'll think I won't be able to do it because I didn't show up. And then I'll be embarrassed because I'll be the only person doing it after everyone else. <laughs> so he had to do it the same day as everyone else else oh that's yeah. great so the best he is at maths is when he's not looking at it <laughs> uh hello i'm also here my name is bj i play alistair stern a 19 year old emo with no friends and no job security ali works as a night watchman for his father the mayor doing odd jobs around the town and while in his free time pursuing oh man i really wanted to try and do that like a rap basically he likes investigating stuff hi my name's bj i'm gonna talk at a respectable tempo now um so iambic pentameter i uh, <laughs> oh no I also feel like, based off that, I feel like Alistair, like, because obviously Alistair hated school. 
like just based on his character, he would have. But I feel like he also did really well because his dad wanted him to do well. And so he like started off deliberately failing tests for his dad. And so then his dad didn't think he could do it. So Alistair ended up deliberately <laughs> doing really well at school just to spite his dad. It's like just because biting his dad by doing well. Yeah, exactly. Because his dad like didn't think he'd be able to. He's like, all right, fine. So like he got into year nine and he just like started acing everything. Um, uh, I'll just say here, if we get a hundred patrons on Patreon, we will make a bonus episode. There's just a one hour counseling session between me pretending to be a counselor and BJ pretending to be Alistair oh, no. talking about his relationship with his father. That would be so good. Oh, <laughs> Ernest be won't be there. <laughs> Ernest and Chester will not be there. <laughs> so anyway, my actual Alistair fact for this week. Um, so we've mentioned the gangs, right? We've mentioned the yeah. gangs. Yeah. We've mentioned there were gangs in Alistair's day when he was at school and he didn't have nearly enough friends to be involved in them. So he, he had a couple of friends and they would kind of just you know, play games and stuff instead. Um, but he has this one friend who he's continued to be, you know, kind of friends with. Uh, his name is TC. And T- <laughs> TC is an artist. Like, a genuine artist, right? TC is a graffiti artist. Alistair and TC have a very, very special working relationship arrangement with the local council. All right. So Alistair's job for a while, working for his dad, was to get rid of all of the nasty graffiti around Port Staples, right? That was one of his jobs. And he hated it. And so he remembered that, like, he was cleaning a wall one day and he realized, he was like, hang on, this one's really good. And it's like, I think my buddy TC did that. So he gave him a call and he's like, hey, man, I've got an idea so that I don't have to clean up the graffiti. How about you come and cover it with, like, actual good artwork? So TC and, and Alistair have this arrangement where they go around and fix graffiti by making better graffiti over the top of it. And, like, he didn't tell his dad this in the beginning, and his dad got really mad and he was like, actually, yeah, that's not too bad. Because he was like busy enough that he didn't want to argue. He was like, yeah, it looks fine. So now Alistair's taken that as like permission. And so Alistair and TC, like, I don't know, maybe they do it every Wednesday afternoon or whatever. They go and like cover yourself. So like all of the graffiti in Port Staples is stunning <laughs> because of their arrangement. Yeah, I, I reckon the way that would have worked is Mayor Stern would have gone, no, what is this? This is unacceptable. And then... Someone like shows him an art blog of you know street art and graffiti art in Melbourne, Australia. It's like, hey, like, you can monetize oh, this. Is, this. this is uh, oh, this is the young people scene. We've got to get in on this. The young people scene. How can we monetize this? <laughs> All right. Well, I've got two quick uh, shout outs slash recommendations <sighs> to do. The first is I'd like to recommend you listen to a podcast called The End of Time and Other Bothers. It is a fantastic role-playing game. I'm actually not entirely sure which system they use, and I would rather not guess and get it wrong. They do a show similar to us with just incredible actors and wonderful comedy. I binge listened to maybe the first full season, which was actually pretty long, I think, uh, a while back and super enjoyed it. They took a break over COVID, but they're back now. So go show them some love if you need some more role-playing game show goodness in your life. Some more professional role-playing game. The End of Time and Other Bothers. Check that one out. The other thing to plug is that this week we are going to be using a role-playing game mechanic I built uh, especially for this episode. So you're plugging yourself. I am plugging myself because Chester and I are currently in pre-production for a series of YouTube videos where I will basically... uh, 
as clearly, concisely, and entertainingly as I can, I will unpack how to build role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games specifically, from scratch. It will not be an exhaustive tutorial, but more of a roadmap to how I did it and techniques you can use. So you can check that out. But last week, uh, you were accosted in a car park by a pompadour-adorned teenage gang who basically told you that they wanted to hijack the teenage hierarchy of the islands. They convinced you guys to join them. Uh, You started by challenging a group called the Beehive to a drag race, uh, which... Alistair is now about to engage in. Weren't they just the hive? Beehive, hive, whatever. I forget my name. Bianca's hive, right? Bianca is the queen bee, so it's the beehive. I don't know. Oh, Bianca, Bianca, hive, bee. All right, we're going to dive right in. (laughs) Mr. Pop. It is a beautiful summer's evening in the archipelago on a quiet country road a little outside of town. A group of teenagers have gathered for that all-American tradition, that wonderful pastime of illegal street drag racing. (laughs) Now, to be clear, Aubrey, are we drag racing or are we, like, circuit racing? What's the difference? Drag racing is a straight line. And it's first person to get to the end. Judging by the map that Aubrey has in front of him, I'm assuming that's not what we're doing. Um, there are straight bits. You're a Mario Kart. <laughs> there are straight. You're Mario Kart. Okay. Let's be okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. 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 I don't know anything about cars, guys. I do have one, and it works. I mostly know this because my mother is obsessed with this one car drag racing show on Netflix called what? Fastest Car that I've watched a lot of episodes of. Yeah, your mum's really cool. My mum's really cool. Hey, mum, if you're listening to this. Hi, mum. I'm on a wildly successful podcast. <laughs> Three patrons. Three patrons. Anyway, we're already off topic. All right, it's a circuit race, whatever. Drag race sounds cooler. Aubrey doesn't know the lingo. It's not a drag race, Aubrey. I don't care. Okay. Alistair cares. He needs to know if he has to think about steering. He does. To recap the situation, Alistair is going to be driving a borrowed charger, a bright orange General Lee-esque charger. If you don't know what that is, just Google that. And you will see it. It's from <laughs> exactly the, what we see. It's from the Dukes of Hazard. It doesn't matter. Yes, this is what you will be driving. Essentially, for the mechanics of this, both cars are going to be equal. It's down to how the drivers use it. And I'll explain that in a second. You are going to be racing Bianca, the queen of the hive, as it were. And she is racing, remind me what it was again. It's uh, like a 70s Dodge Super B. Which is very similar. It's called the Super Very similar B. looking. The teenagers uh, from the two rival gangs are milling around, they're having arguments. Actually, everyone's getting on quite well. There is not a lot of hostility in these groups aside from the two leaders. <laughs> People are kind of just milling around. This is, you know, I think it's like a Tuesday night, technically, is what we said like three episodes ago. They're having a good time. They're sharing some cranberry juice. Ernest's hanging out. The cars are revving. Everyone is getting a little more excited. Bianca is in the zone Alistair, are you in the zone? Alistair is roll in the for zone. zone. Oh, do I have to roll for just for flavour? Roll won't for adva- advantage zone. Uh, no, I have a driving ability. I don't care. 
It's just the I aesthetic. built a mechanic yeah. for this. You it's... don't get to use your normal ones. All right, uh, it's a seven. So he's in the zone, but he's also highly aware that he's never driven this car before. It's just the aura you give off, that intimidating aura. Yeah, okay. Which right. Bianca just already always Well, she, she's wearing completely matching clothes with her car, so naturally... <laughs> You're wearing a denim jacket with a peeling tiger on the back. With green hair and an orange car. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matches. Yeah. All right, so this is how the mechanics are going to work. Um, this race is divided into a series of challenges. Now, each challenge is a different spot, so say a different difficult corner or a straight or whatever. The different elements of the track have been divided into five challenges. For every challenge, I'm going to give you guys... Well, really, you and I, we're going to race competitively. Um, I have already set a difficulty rating, and that is out of 100. Now, 100 is a low difficulty rating, so a little bit like sports that I don't... No. <laughs> you, the lower the rating gets, the more difficult. So 10 is far more difficult than 100, okay. for instance. All right. And that is because in front of both of us, we have just a huge stack of six-sided dice. And what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you the challenge rating, and you are going to decide how many dice you want to roll. You can roll as many as you like, but you want the sum total to be as close to the challenge rating as possible. So if the challenge rating is 50... You want to get as close to 50 as you possibly can. The fur, um, So we will be competing to see who can get closest. Okay. If you go over the challenge rating in your rolls, you have failed that challenge. So basically okay. something will happen to you and your car is going to take damage. Okay. So you want to get as close to the number while staying under. It's high risk, high reward type of scenario. So you and I are basically okay. going to be trying to play chicken for who is going willing to wage the most amount. <laughs> okay. So it's like, what is that card game? Is it Blackjack? We have to get 21. I don't know. I was basing this slightly off Finsker, which is, I think, like a Icelandic version of bowling. That Oh, know, cool. It, it's, yeah. it's a fun it's game. It's like Flip the Pig. That's how this is going to work mechanically. Um, your car can take three points of damage before basically you are going to spin out, blow a tire, whatever that makes you unable to complete the race. Okay. So we are going to track our scores, how close we get, and who who you know pulls ahead based okay. on our scores for each challenge. At the end, we will line up who has done the best overall, and that will be who has pulled ahead and made it to the finish line first. Great. Okay. So overall, you just want to get the best mean rating. You don't necessarily have to try and ace it because if you only ace two and then, you know, flunk out on three, it's You'll, not going to Your mean will good. be lower. Yeah, yeah okay. which I thought made sense for a racing mechanic. Yeah, great. So that is briefly. And I assume if if my car takes three points of damage and I spin out, I'm disqualified because... You're disqualified from the, from the match, yes. Yeah, great. The engines are revving. People are getting excited. The beehive is setting up a chant. Bianca, Bianca, Bianca. Ernest is trying to get a chant going of our group as well. It's just like, yeah, Alistair! Yeah! Guys, come on. Alistair! Alistair! Jeremy's going, Alistair, my dude! Alistair, my dude! Gordy and um, Cindy are completely silent. Dave Ho is going, yeah, Alistair! Yeah! Sweet, man. The uh, theoretical music builds... And then Jeremy, with a ridiculous flourish, uh, swings the flag, and the two cars take off with a roar, screeching off down this country road.
And we watch them go and remain with Ernest. Ernest kind of watches them go off into the distance and pauses for a second, then looks back to the the kind of gaggle of kids. Now that everyone's kind of gone silent. Ben's like, okay, um, who wants hot chocolate? And he pulls a thermos out from his jacket and like takes plastic cups off the top and like starts handing the cups out and like undoing it. And I rolled earlier and I got an 11. So this is the best hot chocolate these kids have ever had in their lives. <laughs> Jeremy's like, oh, sweet. This is awesome. You guys should probably be heading off to bed soon. But, you know, you got to stay warm. got to stay hy- hydrated. I guess hydrated, yeah. But plus it tastes good and that's good. And uh, how long are we going to be waiting? We return to Alistair in the Charger. You are speeding down this country road. At the moment, it's sort of small farms, people's sort of properties, um, fences on either side of this lonely road. You are basically uh, on a straight neck and neck with Bianca in the B, and you can see that the road is going to start curving to the right and then begin in like a long hook round to the left. The way we are going to do this is... This is our first challenge, is this first corner where you begin into kind of a sweep and you're going to try, one of you is going to try and overtake the other as the road gets a little bit narrower. Okay. Now, the challenge rating for this is 80, which is a very big number, so you can bet as you see fit. So we are both going to roll. I'm going to roll 17 D6s. Cool. So I'm betting high because you want to get as close to the challenge rating as possible without going over. And Bianca is wanting to prove her mettle, and so she is willing to uh, bet a lot to get an early head start. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll go. I'll go, I'll go fifteen. I'll go fifteen. I'll go under a little bit. Uh, I didn't realize there'd be so much maths involved in. in <laughs> it's easy. So this is why Ernest isn't playing. <laughs> Fifty-six. Ooh. All right. You rolled a fifty-six, aiming for an eighty. Yep. Bianca rolled a fifty-three. Oh! You are speeding neck and neck towards this corner where the road thins. She revs and tries to pull ahead of you, but you slip out from the side and you take the lead, just pulling in ahead of her. On the inside or the outside, Aubrey? On the outside. Ooh. You pull around. You've got just that little bit more power. If you know cars, don't talk to me about the power of the cars. I don't care. <laughs> you pull ahead and you are now on a long... Yeah, you're heading uh, on a long curve around to the left. As you keep going dimly through the trees, you can see that there is basically a sharp turn coming up. This is the second challenge as Bianca is right behind you for you to be able to make it safely through this sort of S-shaped curve. The chicane, I think is what that's called. I have no clue, Maybe. I think it's a chicane. So you're going to roll to see if you can get through safely also without her overtaking you. Okay. Uh, We're going to roll again. And what's the challenge rating? The challenge rating on this uh, is 50. 50. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'm going to roll nine dice. I'm going to roll... 14. Ooh, fancy one. Again, going heavy. Bianca's wanting to get... She wants to She's win She's playing this. aggressively, yeah. Yeah. Right. Alistair's uh, playing for pride, but he, he also knows that it doesn't really matter who wins, but he really wants to win. He's also yeah. not his, his car. Right, roll. <laughs> yes, he's also in a car that he's never driven before. Oh. Alistair gets a 30. Uh, Bianca gets a 42. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> in the corner, you realise that you are... Uh, oversteering, that you're going to overshoot it and actually come off the road. You brake to try and pull yourself back in line. 
to avoid running off the road, and just as you do, she corners right round you and pulls ahead again. Is she ahead or like? Actually, yeah, what, that's what we'll do. So she basically pulls out neck and neck and you're now in a straight. You can see for about the next two Ks, you're in basically a, a kind of up and down straight line. And so this is the drag race element, I guess. Okay. All right, the challenge rating for this one is 40. Yeah, I'm going to roll 9 again. All right, I'm going to roll 12. All right. I'm betting higher. Oh, one's spinning. It's spinning. It's it's still spinning. It's still spinning. There we go. Okay. Alistair gets a 35. <laughs> That's pretty good. Alistair gets a 35. Alistair gets a 35. Oh. She gets a 42. She overdoes it. Oh. Too As fast. She, she is trying uh, to overtake you, and she decides that what she's going to do is try to swing into you a little bit, try and scare you off the road. As you are just speeding down this straight, she starts to encroach in, pulling in, trying to kind of scare you into braking. Not quite, like, ramming you. She's not going to try and damage her car. Just close enough to be scary. But as she does this, because you rolled very well and she overshot it completely... As she begins to move in and you are not budging, she tries a little harder and you break. You swing back, she swings through and forward and actually half runs off the road as you then pull back around and overtake her on the other side. Yes, Alistair, defensive driving, good job. She slows she slows down a heap to get control back and pulls back onto the road, but you are now ahead. All right. And she has taken one damage to her car. This is so much fun. <laughs> I was hoping this would be a good mechanic. Yeah, this is this the is only cool. time I've used it. Uh, the straight ends and you turn again. You are now heading back roughly in the direction of uh, the bee farm. Because you know these roads, you know vaguely what is coming up. It is a double S. It is basically the same as the sort of dog leg type figure, but three times over. Right. And there are going to be two separate challenges in this. You are in the lead, but only by a little. As you start to come, you're going to realize you're going to have to either try and take the corner drifting or slowing down fundamentally to oh, then try Alice and corner drifting through. drifting all the way. All the way, baby. All right. So this uh, is a challenge rating of 30. We are slowly descending because right. okay. it does actually make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, I'm rolling seven dice for Alistair. She's rolling 10. <laughs> she's just continually overbetting, which I think is more my nature. At this point. <laughs> all right. But she's trying to catch you. She's yes. aware that you're getting towards Alice the end. You've only got a few more corners. trying to drive care carefully and really focus on what he's doing right. so that makes sense rolling your dice yep 26 out of 30 <laughs> 26 out Alistair of 30 has drifted this corner a lot of times 26 out of 30 she gets a 34 Oh, she overshot it again. Whoa. I'm being too ambitious you do this um, she decides to try and corner to like slow down into the corner speed out uh, to try and overtake you as you drift, but she doesn't slow down enough and she basically has to course correct, overcorrect, and swing back the other way as you pull out ahead of her again uh, and you begin to round from this left hand turn. You begin to round out into the right hand turn as you zigzag on this road. Okay. I'm just wondering is this the best that Alistair has ever rolled consistently? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you get him behind the wheel of a car, he's good. You also haven't used your um, vehicle handling. No, I decided yeah. to postpone that just because I wanted well, to use this mechanic. And it's also, too, that she's been practicing on this road forever. Alistair's a really good driver, but he's never driven this car before. He has driven this road, but so I feel like it balances out. All right, you're coming up. You've got one more really sharp turn, and then you basically pull right from this turn into 
the finish line. Okay, so you know that this is basically the last chance. So far, you are uh, in the lead by a, a decent amount. How many wins have you had? Out of the four challenges, I've won three. At this stage, basically, if you do really poorly and she does really well, she will catch you. Yep. But so far, you do have so the if lead. I, and if, if I you, overroll, if you overroll, she will, and she does well, she'll catch you. If you over, yeah. All right, I'm gonna bet four. I'm gonna go. What's the What's cat? the challenge rating, sorry? Twenty. Sorry. Twenty. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go four as well. Ooh, <laughs> luck of the dice. Alistair only rolled an eleven. All right, so you got an eleven. She got a seventeen. She does beat you here. All right, as you again drift this corner to then pull out into the final little straight, uh, she decides to copy you this time. She drifts too, spins right around behind you, and she is basically uh, the front of her car is almost level with the back of yours as you are speeding towards the finish line. You can see the kids are pulling away from the street because you guys are going really fast now. Jeremy is sort of on the uh, sidelines. Like very, <laughs> very urgently trying to get the kids off the road. So in total, five challenges. You won three, yep. she won two. And she took two points of damage to her car out of three. Alistair's car is pristine. I guess you could say it's overconfidence. She was overly confident. So you pull through uh, the finish line. You were probably just a car's length ahead of her. Yes. It is quite close. Yes. Uh, you both skid to a stop, screeching tyres. The rest of the gangs are running up to kind of uh, encircle the cars. It's pretty clear to everyone that you have won. Jeremy is going... Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> yeah, you, you people are, are cheering and the both of you stop. Bianca kind of has a, a, a moment inside the car. She kind of puts her forehead on the steering wheel and composes herself and gets out. Uh, she's a good sport about it. You get out of the car. Very, very exhilarated by this incredibly fast and dangerous race. I get out of the car and I see Jeremy coming towards me and I, I like gesture to myself. I'm like, who the man, Jeremy? Meet a man, Jeremy. Yeah, that's right. Me. I'm the man. Yeah, okay. I'm Jeremy. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I, I walk yeah. over. We like... did it, guys. What an effort. Yeah, we... Good job, everyone. Okay. Good job, Super everyone. Super victory vibe. Uh, Alistair walks over to Bianca and like shakes her hand. It's like, it was a good race. Good race. I overconfident, I guess. Well, this girl's got a date regardless. You know it. And I tap the back of her car. I'm like, <laughs> you just need more practice. The rear bumper falls off. <laughs> she did take two out of three damage, so she, uh, she's like, mm. "Sorry about that." Look, oh boy, I uh, I can help oh, you. That is gonna. <laughs> I can help you fix that tomorrow. That might be. That would be good. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm no, noting- this kind of like comes over and like instinctually goes to play with the antenna and then brings his hand back. So, no, no. We we jump forward a little ways. Um, you are all sharing a victory hot chocolate. And this pulls our second thermos of hot chocolate. <laughs> good job, everyone. Good game out there. Good work. Nice good collective team. Good hustle. Have some have some orange slices. Have some, if I had Gordy, Gordy, give them back. No, mm. no, uh, Ernest. I think I think Nara found them while we were racing. Your cat has been chewing orange yeah, she's slices. She's just like her, her whiskers are just covered in crumbs. <laughs> Nara, <laughs> isn't she back at the? Oh she's no, we in drove the car. here. Oh yeah, she's we drove car. here. Yeah, it's like uh, okay. Well, if I had my trail mix, and I look... <laughs> Gordy is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I look around, it's like... He's like an eel. Ma- make, a, make a roll for me. That's an eight. All right, that's a success. You find Gordy is trying to stuff a rag into the tailpipe of, uh, of Alistair's car. <laughs> so, like, puts his hand on his hips. He has no idea what that does, right? It's like, Gordy, now is that something that Alistair would like? It's something Gordy would like. Well, that is important also, but... 
that's not your property. Now, but I can make it mine. Now, now, Gordy, I can make it mine. Where's my trail mix? I threw it in the woods. Gordy, you know that was wrapped up in plastic. Did you take? Did, do you still have the plastic? No, I buried it. I rolled for Alice to see if he noticed. I rolled a seven, which is mixed results. So I, I see it happening, but instead of intervening, I'm just watching. I'm just, I'm letting Ernest deal with this. Gordy, um, uh, Gordy. He's going to attempt to stab you in the knee. <laughs> he rolled a two, though, so he fumbles his knife and sort of, like, um, he scrapes the back of Alistair's car instead. Ernest kind of just, like, reaches down and, like, picks him up by the back of the denim jacket of a thing and, like, <laughs> let me go, let me go. No, I cannot be caged. <laughs> brings him back let over me go. to the group. Is like, Gordy, no hot chocolate for you if you keep doing this. I already drank everyone else. Well, I still have the thermos, Gordy, so that's not true. Damn it. I hate you so much. Well, Gordy, that doesn't make me feel very good. Good. I want you to feel bad. But I feel better than having my legs stabbed. So, you all cannot in all, contain I feel Gordy. pretty good. I'm doing a pretty good job of it so He's far. He's kicking to try and get out of your grip. While this is happening, Alistair walks over to his car and like takes the, the cloth out of the thing. And he opens the boot up and he has... A grey, like primer grey pump pack of paint. <laughs> and he sprays over the scratch, and it's like it's a completely different grey. Just doesn't. So care. it looks so much worse than if he just left the scratch. He just like sprays over. It's like yeah, yeah, that, that works. I just right. kind of looks at him. I'm like, see, no harm done. And I I stare at Gordy, and I like spray the, pack, the pressure pack towards him. And I'm like, you better watch it. Gordy's gonna be in your dreams tonight. Gordy's gonna get you. Ernest has lowered Gordy to the ground and moved back away to the group. That's if you can sleep tonight, Gordy. I never sleep. <laughs> uh, that, Too much caffeine. That that concerns me. Oh, you're concerned about Gordy? That's good. You better, better be concerned about Gordy. Yeah. Gordy is concerning. <laughs> Gordy's very concerning. So anyway... Gordy can't stop speaking in the third person. So anyway, uh, Gordy doesn't know how anymore. <laughs> so anyway, I just... Don't, don't touch the car. <laughs> Walk back to the group. He spits at you. Alistair is going to be... Oh, dear. <laughs> I was going to say Alistair's going to be very contained, uh, but I rolled a one. Stop, kid, fine. Alistair's going to... Uh, okay, let me roll again. Alistair rolls a seven. He's going to pick Gordy up and uh, just toss him. <laughs> not, not a throw, just a toss. Into a puddle. All right, Gordy rolled a one. Yes. So you you toss Gordy, he falls in like a puddle of mud or whatever. Jeremy rolled a two to intervene because it's like, <laughs> we've got things to be doing. I don't need a child fight right now. He is clocking the situation and is try, trying to may intervene. But he Bianca, gets cornered by Bianca. Bianca is just sort of like standing in front of him. And every time he tries to move or walk anywhere, <laughs> she's just cornering him off, trying to like <laughs> engage in small talk. As Gordy is lying in the puddle, I walk over. I'm like... Listen, kid, I'm trying to help you, and that's fine. I know you may not want my help, but you don't touch my car. And I, I'm still holding the pressure pack, and I spray over the lion <laughs> patch on his denim jacket, like spray it over grey, chuck the paint can back in my thing and go and join the group. I'm going to oh, roll no, no. to see if Alistair se- if Ernest sees this, because if Ernest sees this, Ernest will be very upset. I'm right. not hurting him, all right? I'm not hurting him. It's not even his Four jacket. Four don't count. Uh, six. So what's that? All right, you you clock it, but you can't intervene. Ernest is seeing this. Most people are seeing this. Gordy is, like, caked in mud. He gets up. You've sprayed over the lion on his jacket. He takes it off. 
and he throws it in the puddle. He makes several gestures I won't repeat. And he goes, this is how you treat your MVP. Gordy is out. Gordy is out. And he storms off into the night. Gordy just leaves. Wow. That's not how I thought that was going to go. Jeremy is trying. Hold on. I'm just going to roll for Jeremy's ability to go after him. An 11. Jeremy, like, grabs Bianca by the face and, like, moves her out of the way and he runs after Gordy. He's like, Gordy, my man, Gordy, come back. While he's, no, Gordy, don't while do me he's like, like this. Naruto don't leave me running. like this. Gordy. Gordy, please. <laughs> Alistair turns to Ernest. He's like, was that a good thing? Did I do a good thing? No. I think that was a good no, thing. Your no. track record with children. First. Alistair is great with children. I just no. subdued Gordy, all right? No. <laughs> First, you, like, bully Gertrude, who just has a difficult living She's situation. She's not a child. She's 16. She's, a, like, not much older than the rest of these people you're drag racing with, man. You... <laughs> You bully her in front of her entire community, which she, she doesn't me first. like. So what? Be the bigger man. Gordy tried to break my back. <laughs> then you're really nice to Wilbur and you get him a book and you're really gentle. And now you traumatize a troubled kid right. with anger issues. You know what? Alistair's gonna... He, I wouldn't like... No, no. Gordy is gone. There is no... No, I'm gonna, I want to like run after him with, no. with Jeremy. <laughs> No, it's not happening. He's okay. gone. Jeremy couldn't find him. I rolled. Okay. And it's like scratches his nose and like, wait, he's going to the forest. That, that makes it that makes it my responsibility. And he starts booking it after Jeremy. We're just smash cutting. You guys are in the car again. Jeremy is trying to play it off like nothing has happened. Jeremy is driving. Bianca is in the, the passenger seat and she is like creeping her hand towards his on the gear stick very, very subtly. Uh, you guys are in the back uh, with Davo. <laughs> Cindy has stayed behind uh, to see what she can do about fixing up Bianca's oh, car. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so you guys are driving back through Main Street. It's about 9 o'clock at night, 9.30 now. Okay. I'm just sitting cross-armed, not looking at Alistair. Listen, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just... I he, he touched my car, man, and then he spat on me. What was I going to do? He tried to stab me. <laughs> you control yourself. I did control myself. I didn't hurt him. You threw him bodily. I just I just <laughs> moved him. I didn't throw I specifically said, <laughs> reference, small, reference to the DM, I specifically said, I don't remember you, what I said. I, said I didn't toss. say throw. You yeah, tossed, him, toss. in, you you tossed, tossed him, him into a mud puddle. You picked him up. It's the same thing. I just put him down quicker. I picked him up. Had a little chat to him and put him down. I tried to have a chat with him, but he ran away, okay? He ran away because you threw him in a puddle. It was a gentle toss. He's in a very delicate stage. Confidence is a very difficult thing to he come by. He tried to stab you. You yeah. just said that. And I dealt with it. You uh, you lashed out. You lash out a lot, Alistair. I... Listen, but, he's... He's a he, like. You know what happened last time I met him? <laughs> I do. That and was your that fault. That was actually. my fault. That, that was your I would, fault. Yeah, I will take responsibility. Not that blaming was my you. Fault. I'm just saying I didn't mean to get into a fight with him the first time. But it's he's a, he's a kid. Like he has, he's an interesting kid, and you got to factor that in to when you make decisions around him. He, you know, like he he took my trail mix. He drank most of my hot chocolate. He tried to stab me. But you make judgments based on the situation and the kid. It's better, in my opinion, it was better for him to be with us than to be off running, doing who knows what. Because, you know, we can keep an eye on him. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's, you're right. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, dude, he stole your trail mix? He stole my trail mix. He stole your trail mix? That kid is a monster. Yep. Well, he's, uh, look, if he's we, off in the wilderness now. If we, <laughs> the charger pulls up on uh, the end of Main Street outside a perfect replica 1950s Americana diner called Solomon's. It is white checkered laminex floor, red booths and stools and like, um, you know, it's like a proper milk bar, very 50s style. Jeremy turns off the engine. He kind of leans over the seat. He swats Bianca's hand. He's like, all right, here's the skinny. This is where the Benson boys hang out. I think they've got like a deal with Solomon or something because they have the backmost booth to themselves always. It's like permanently reserved now they're going to have their flunkies around he kind of points down the street and you can see a couple of likely looking teenage boys on like push bikes uh, hanging out a little ways <laughs> down the street and they are definitely watching you and inside there's at least one or two other teenagers who are eyeing the car through the windows and stuff yes right so we talked about you know Maybe we try and negotiate with them because I don't know that they would even like get into a fight with us and also they might like destroy our grades or something in school. I think we need to go in there and try to bargain with them. Does that sound good? I mean, grades aren't everything, man. You, you've got to remember. Bianca just looks at you and goes, what was your ATAR? My ATAR was very good, actually. Oh, really? Much. Really? All so, of my pre-test Jeremy. tests, 120. Minimum. Is that even... It is if you do all of the bonus questions and then ask for more bonus questions. <laughs> wow. I know. Step off, bro. Alice is, like, genuinely <laughs> taken aback. Alice, like, scratches his nose. Like, okay, uh, so simple way around that. Me and Alice to go in. They can't ruin our grades. We don't go to school here. So we go in there, have a chat to them. You guys take a drive because I think you two have something to talk about this Saturday. Um, sorry, sorry. Yep, quick, let's go. And I immediately bustle <laughs> yeah. him out of um, the car. Dave, why don't you come with so, us? <laughs> sorry, what? No, David. David, David you, you come with us. Um, 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 David, let's go. Bianca locks the door behind <laughs> you guys. You push through the door. The bell rings. This is a typical 1950s diner. There is some rockabilly playing on a jukebox in the corner. There's a couple of people here. There's like an old couple having coffee after a date night or something. There's like a pair of 60-year-olds dancing at the jukebox, uh, <laughs> even though they are too young, ironically, for it even to have been their age. There is a, a kind of very thin, balding man with a massive head uh, wearing like a white shirt, one of those paper cap things and an apron that says Solomon on the apron. In the back, you can see that there are two figures in the backmost booth in the far right-hand corner secluded from the rest. And you can see between you and them, there are at least three teenagers who are all kind of eyeing you, standing in sort of pseudo-bodyguard poses. Let's uh, take control of the situation, look confident, all that. Cool. And just kind okay, of gotcha. goes off and... Uh, walks towards the, the jukebox and once the song finishes he um, starts looking at the selection. Alistair walks up to the guy at the counter and orders three chocolate milkshakes. He does not stop to ask what the other two would like, he just orders three chocolate milkshakes. This guy just nods curtly and he makes the most crisp professional movements like he has 
trained in the Olympics for this. It's like he's a bartender. It's like he's a bartender. He is doing all sorts of tricks with the jars, but it is not even showy. It is just like pure efficiency. Oh, that's so cool. Of ice cream making, and he is making eye contact the entire time. (laughs) Yes. He says nothing to you. He immediately has Alistair's respect. Davo settles into one of like the the red stools a little bit further down, and uh, Solomon slides the 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 milkshakes in such a way that they evenly space to three uh, stools halfway down the bar. Alistair tips him quite generously. He nods. Ernest puts on "I'm Not Like Everybody Else" by the Kinks and kind of walks over to his little group and points at Alistair and whispers, "No lashing out. We do this cut. It's good." And he picks up his uh, milkshake. Alistair nods. Ernest picks up his milkshake, takes a sip, and starts to. Mints up the uh, the bar. Alistair lets you get ahead a bit and then like follows you behind it, you know, at a reasonable distance. And he does like a hand gesture to Davo, basically saying the same thing that you did as though it was his idea. He's like, just chill, right? With no lashing out, all right? <laughs> so you you approach these three very intimidating fourteen year old boys. They are all wearing dress shirts of different sort of. But they're, they're old school. They're kind of like the 80s ones. They're tucked in. Their sleeves are rolled up. It's very much like a weird style for these kids to have. And so the first one kind of puts a hand out to stop Ernest. And he says, uh, what's your business here with boss? Uh, Ernest is going to use Silver Tongue for the many, many times he's going to use it tonight. And says, just passing through. Thought I'd have a little quick little chat about some something a little bit important. A bit above your pay grade, buddy. So you're using Silver Tongue, all mm-hmm. right, which is basically a free pass because I need to rework the mechanics on this stuff. He, he kind of goes, fair, fair, right, we're going to have to search it though. Alistair kind of like hands his arms out. And like- Alistair immediately starts unloading all of his pocket knives and sharp objects onto the thing. He's like, yeah, one, they're just like taking stuff from you, putting it on a table. No, he doesn't even wait for them to come over. He's like, yep, yeah, I've just take it all out. They they do like a proper police search of the three of you uh, and gesture you through and kind of two of them maintain, one goes with you. Davo basically adopts the same pose behind you guys. You approach the very end table and as you get closer, you can see the two figures. And if you didn't hadn't already been told that they were cousins, you would assume that they were brothers. They are, are both... Fairly tanned, long noses, dark uh, hair, very sort of Italian mobster in miniature, and there's two of them, but they are almost like the polar opposites. In uh, the far corner facing you is the shorter one, which from the description Jeremy gave you, you would know is Quinn. He is wearing a incredibly crisp shirt, buttoned to the neck. He's wearing typical, like, 50s dad nerd glasses um and he's reading uh he's reading like a folder like one of those massive uni folders and he is he is reading through what you can only guess what would be in it and he has a very expensive watch around his wrist and he does not look at you as you step on on the other side who he turns his head to look at you is the polar opposite. This is the greaser archetype. He's wearing white t-shirt with a cigarette uh, carton folded in the sleeve. He's got dirty converse and ripped jeans. His feet are on the table. Uh, His hair is like full slicked back. You would know this to be Dex. (laughs) That's great. Quinn stays behind his folder that he is reading uh, and Dex looks up at you and he flicks a 
toothpick at Ernest. Maybe she just roll for you to like slap it away. Alice is gonna roll. Oh, you got a you got a four. All right, you kind of flail as if to try and catch it and completely miss. So it still hits uh, Ernest in the face. He's like, "Well, that's charming." Uh, hi guys, how you doing? Dex looks at Quinn, who is completely not paying attention, and the back is like, "What do you want?" Oh, uh, I'm I'm here just to like chat to you guys. You're here to chat. Yeah, chit chat. Yeah. Hey, Maddie. Maddie. He's yelling at one of the security guys. What are you doing? Letting these dweebs in here? What is this? Listen, we man. talked about this, Maddie. I was like, well, you see, I'm. Listen, a, he like slides into the booth with them and like. So, um, what I wanted to talk about was Dex just launches across the table. He grabs you by the collar and he hauls you kind of half over the table. So you are kind of like poised, pulled over the table, slightly off balance, trying to maintain your your milkshake as he's like right up in your face. He's like, you don't sit until you are asked to sit. Okay, an 11. He saves all of the milkshake. It's like, it's like Wallace and Grant the Were-Rabbit just like moves and like recaptures all of it and looks like very directly at um, Dex. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry about that, man. Uh, anyway, so what I wanted to talk about was uh, Alistair. <laughs> okay, so Alistair's going to roll for how successfully he non-threateningly approaches. Uh, so he got a nine. So he very gently places his hand on Dex's arm that's holding Ernest across the table and just pats it and he's like, sorry, didn't didn't mean to get off uh, on the wrong foot there. Uh, My colleague here has some important information he'd like to share with you regarding the whole gang situation. Maybe you could you could release him. We'll be out of your hair. I'm sure you're very busy. Queen is kind of looking at you a little, sorry, Dex is kind of looking at you a little confused. Yes. All right, fine, fine. Let's let's go of Ernest and you kind of slump back into your your spot. (laughs) Ernest slumps back. And like gives a thumbs up to Alistair, like, well, you didn't, you didn't get angry. That's good. Alistair takes another sip of his milkshake. Uh, so Ernest puts down his milkshake and kind of claps his hands together. He's like, okay, so uh, we are here as representatives of a group. So it's the combination of a new gang and the Hive. And so Jeremy and Bianca, you probably know Bianca. You might not know Jeremy. They aren't overly pleased with the Don or Dom. What is it? Which- Quinn, uh, Dex is looking. Quinn is still behind. He's still reading the folder. Uh, Dex just looks at his. Don. N. Don. Don. So they're not pleased with the Don at the moment. They want to replace him and all that type of stuff. Our goal well, yeah, is for that to keep, be. No, no, whatever. Whatever. Just keep going. They want to do that in a smooth manner that doesn't affect you guys negatively. So, like, I want, we want, we're coming here to work out what type of relationship you have, those guys. If it's a good working relationship, in which case we can continue that or do that better. We're just trying to make this a smooth transition, basically. Ernest, uh, now that he's kind of gotten their attention a little bit, hands his phone over to uh, Alistair. And on the phone is a unsent message to Randy, which says, fight starting up in Solomon's need help. Alistair reads the message and like gives a little nod and then under it, like he he tabs down and writes another line that just says, recommend immediate arrest Quinn and Dex Benson. And, but he doesn't send it. He's just, he's got it. And he's going to lean up against the side of the booth next to where Dex is. Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to use the same mechanics that we did for the drag race. So BJ can just give Chester all your D6s. It's going to take three successful convincers to try and ride the line between condescending to these kids 
and like being too aggressive. It's basically, uh, I'm going to give you a difficulty rating. You are going to roll for it. I'm going to roll for it. So is it more about getting as close to the middle number? If I go over, I'm sounding aggressive. If I go under, I'm sounding... Yeah, yeah. so you just want to kind of hit that sweet spot of convincing them and they're going to kind of roll to see see through you, basically. Uh, so for this first one to kind of get Quinn's attention and open up a conversation with what you've said, uh, we're going to say that it's just a mean 50. That's the difficulty rating. So whatever dice you... However many D6s you want to roll for a 50... Is nine too many for 50? It's entirely up to you. I'm putting 12 on. I got 28. You got a 28 on a difficulty of 50, so you kind of undershot by a fair bit. They overshot. They got an even 60. So Dex slaps the table. Goes, that sounds a little like treason there, mate. Wait, treason? Treason? Yeah, Quinn. Quinn, will you please just... Quinn lowers the folder. He's like, Dex, what? This guy's talking treason. He's talking, like, overthrowing and all that. He's like, friend, I don't know what you're suggesting here, but the Don happens to be a friend of ours, a working relationship, if you want to call it that. you got to have some pretty compelling evidence that uh, this is worth my while. You did actually succeed on that role. I overshot it so they overreacted you got their full attention okay so do i make an argument and then roll for yeah, it yeah so so that's basically we'll do that another two times you'll make kind of try and sweeten the deal or bring them around and kind of holds out his palms as like yep don't want to the most important thing with all of this is that we don't damage that working relationship here all we're doing is changing the figurehead of it that's these uh, our bosses basically are happy with the current Dom and they want to replace him. Our main goal is is to either keep everything working as smoothly as it currently is, and we're happy to agree to that, sign on that, whatever you need that makes you feel secure on that, or improve it in whatever way. That's the goal here. Not to damage anything here, but to make it smooth or better. Uh, a new difficulty rating, this one will be 30. And we're going to roll again. I'll probably roll 9 again. All right, I'm going to roll 6. I got a straight 30. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. perfect they got a, success. They got 25. So you were so close. Oh, good job. You say this, Quinn and Dex kind of make eye contact over the table. Dex shakes his head minutely. Quinn nods and turns back to you and goes, we might be interested in seeing a, a change of leadership if that had some benefits for us. You'd have to guarantee, of course, that that did have benefits for us that were worth taking sides i mean traditionally speaking i'm we run a small business we try to look after our boys we're not seeing we don't want to make trouble we don't want to be part of any trouble so it would have to be a a pretty good deal if you know what i'm saying well that's easily something that can be arranged anything they're doing for you we can do it better if they're if they're charging anything we can reduce that or remove that completely if they're protecting you from anything we can double that Right, roll again. This is our third and final. This will be 20. I've picked one, two, three, four, five. All right, I'm going six. <laughs> I got 19. 19. 19. Oh, I got two rolling. sixes, two twos, and a five. Ernest is just the perfect negotiator. They got 28. Those they gnomes really came it. in handy. Wow. Yeah, this, he was training with negotiating warring parties. <laughs> yeah, he failed with the gnomes. He's learnt so much since then. Right. So because they overrolled, they're going to give themselves away. Basically, you say this, Dex slaps the table again and goes, 
You see, this is what I've been saying. They're taking too big a cut. We need someone like this who can do, you know, the stuff with the books where we don't have to spend as much money to make sure that these, these bozos are leaving us alone. This is what I've been saying for ages. And Quinn is just like <laughs> rubbing his palm into his face. Like, Dex, please. We're in public. We don't talk business in public. Look, if you'll sign a contract with us, or rather if I'm assuming Jeremy, who you're talking about, if Jeremy and Bianca will sign a contract with us, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. We can I'll tell that. you how to get in the front door. You do the dirty work. We don't pay protection anymore. No one takes a cut. We're happy. Uh, nods, looks up to Devo. Can you uh, grab the two of them? Devo nods and he'll head out the door. Meanwhile, Quinn kind of draws up a contract. He talks you through it. Uh, he goes, all right, so there's this clause and this clause. Look, that one doesn't really count. Uh, he kind of talks you through it. Devo returns with uh, Jeremy and Bianca. Jeremy's walking very fast to kind of stay ahead of Bianca. He looks quite stressed. Jeremy arrives, he's like, all right, yep, what are we doing, guys? Let's uh, let's get this done. I'm, I'm super on board. What's going on? <laughs> What am I? I said, Davo said, uh, signing something. Yeah. Look, hey, where, do, where do I sign? Jeremy, so uh, basically, uh, these uh, gentlemen have a proposed contract wherein if we take control of the Don's power, uh, they won't interfere. And in fact, they'll even uh, give us a hand, provided we are uh, happy to agree to certain arrangements, such as, you know, not demanding money for things, which I figured you'd be fine with. Bianca will explain it. And I push the contract towards him. All right. Um, he just signs straight away. Bianca reads it first and then <laughs> signs it. Quinn snatches it away very quickly and is like, all right, we got a deal. Here's the thing. The Don will usually be in their hideout, their keep, they call it, uh, in the junkyard behind Smith & Sons. Now you go in there. Our boys will show you the way in, the back way. They'll keep watch. They'll make sure that no one... Uh, Interrupts you, cuts off your exit. That's your in. You go in, you do what you're going to do. Sounds like a deal. Thank you very much. Uh, finishes his milkshake and leaves. Right. Yep. yep. We, you we leave, head out. head out back into the car. He goes outside, hands on knees. <laughs> Alistair pats him on the back. <coughs> good job, buddy. <sighs> you did really scary. good. Teenagers are very scary. Teenagers are terrifying. I say this all the time. Uh, Dave, you're great, though. Thank you, Davo. Hey, Thanks, man. We really appreciate you being part of the team, Davo. I'm just doing my own thing, really. That's great, Davo. That's all I need, Davo. The point is, you're not causing problems for us, and we really appreciate that at this point. You want to be a park ranger, Davo? We need, we need people. Don't take it. The job's cursed. The anyway, job is Alistair, cursed. Anyway, Ernest, you're doing really good. Uh, you're doing great. You went in there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He pats you on the back again, because Alistair's not used to making pep talks. Yeah. You um, head around to the back side of town. This is kind of out in the boonies a little. There is a old school um, mechanics shop called Smith and Sons. It's got a great, it's got like a, a massive sign that says Smith and Sons, way bigger than it needs to be. And behind it, you can see that there's kind of a compound lockup for all of like the dead cars, car parts, scrap stuff. And you can see there are a few lights on. And Ernest, you detect the uh, the telltale 
smell of uh, wood fire smoke. Oh, it's a good smell. All right. Ernst kind of scratches his nose up. I will ignore the fact that it's summertime. Fire ban. I will ignore that. Uh, Jeremy, who's driving, turns off the lights and you, you coast around the back of this this place following one of Quinn and Dex riders. This is just a, a, a boy who's probably like 11 uh, on a BMX bike. There's a couple of them. They're kind of escorting you like a police escort. They show you to a little bit of the back fence. You park off to the side. You're kind of off on the grass. You're kind of people's backyards and stuff. It's pretty quiet here. You can hear people's voices. You can hear some music playing from inside this compound. Between uh, you, there's a wire fence with barbed wire at the top. After that is just like stacked dead cars that have been crushed down. Your three little escorts uh, take you to a back corner and they show you where um, the eyelets of the the fence have been cut before for quick escape and they kind of peel it back. If you didn't know what you were looking for, you wouldn't realize it was there and they kind of peel it away so you can crawl through. Now, who are you, who's going, I guess is the question. Ernest kind of like scratches his chin a little. <laughs> He's doing this a lot tonight. He's a bit stressed. It's like, what, what, so what are we doing? Is Jeremy still like freaking out? No, Jeremy has calmed himself down. All right, so okay. before you go in, we'll have Jeremy uh, goes, all right, the way I see it, there is three ways we could handle this. We could go in there, show of strength, smash some stuff, intimidate them, you know, some proper gang sign stuff, and hope that they, like, run. And then we would have, we would have done it, you know? I'm not sure how that one's going to go. I don't think we have numbers on our side, Jeremy. Yeah. Bianca... There's four of us. <laughs> Bianca, what... The whole point of getting you on our side was that all of your crew would come with us. Man, they have school tomorrow. Like they had to go to bed. <laughs> She's nodding. It's just like... Also, there was like never any talk of that. I just said that I would help. She just said that she would not make it I more mean, difficult. I mean, my... Guys, I really feel like I wasn't... Sorry, sorry, there is five of us, and I look at David. I'm sorry, man, you just you just blend in. It's I a good thing. It's a good thing. David goes, oh, no, no, I'm I'm not fighting anyone. That's <laughs> All right, so there's four of us. No, like, I'm committedly a pacifist. <laughs> I was kind of like, stands over near Dave, and I was just like, there's three of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, numbers Jeremy's like, I don't want to fight. There's two of you. <laughs> Bianca is just looking at you, Alistair. She's like... Look, I don't care. I mean, I'm down for a fight, but I don't think that's the best way. I like, think... if things go bad, I'll probably pull you out. I also don't <laughs> really want to fight kids. That's that's good. That's good. I don't. Yes. I mean, <laughs> gosh. Jeremy's like, look, we're getting off track. Anyway, if we had Gordy right imagine now. Imagine Bianca's like, well, they're, right, they're my age. I have no problem with Yeah, this. well, maybe if we had Gordy, Ernest... Things would be a lot easier. Gordy is I like worth three. No, Jeremy, that was my fault. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. No, I didn't do it. Yeah, though. you're the one who did. <sighs> anyway, Jeremy. Well, you won the drag let's race. Let's not so. worry. Yes, I did. Because it's been a really busy night. And Bianca's night. here now. Isn't that great? She's been here the whole night. Isn't that wonderful? She is like subtly trying to like uh, hold his hand. She's like, we s look, stop doing that. Boundaries. You're doing good. He, he storms up. over to the car and pops the boot, and he, as he shows you, kind of opens it up, and there's just cardboard boxes in here, <laughs> and he's full of stuff. And he's going, I think either we try and like prank them real good, kind of you know really really dox them, 
or we do some kind of like one-on-one fight you know fighting our armies stead real like king henry type stuff Ernst throws his hand up and is like hold on what if we got randy up here there's a fire band we call randy up here he spreads them off we find the don where he doesn't have his right. guys around and we just intimidate him um yo actually yes up. okay uh, bianca if- just like holds her hand up like she's in class and she's like yes bianca look i don't i don't mean to be uh rude about this but you make you keep making this assumption uh that the don is a guy the don is not a guy i i technically i was the first person to say he or she that she was, wasn't here when just, that happened man i don't know if you've noticed that everyone else kind of keeps going uh why are you why are you saying that the reason she's called don her name is dorothy well i've been calling them don this entire time yeah i don't know why you <laughs> didn't like even Dominique. ask so I, someone just I'm said terribly don- sorry that was that's a very outdated gender stereotype i don't mean you know clearly you're a great example that we need to be more progressive we need to move forward i'm very sorry i didn't mean that um so i mean i just kind of attached Dom about? as like a male Ernest, name. it's Ernest. don ha- Don. N. it's dom we keep no it's not <laughs> alistair dom in his head is a different is, thing alistair in his head is just completely baffled that he is the one being diplo like diplomatic about this he's like Ernest, right. Ernest, okay. can you roll for me a four. The voices from over the fence are kind of dying down a little bit, as if someone is noticing, perhaps, that someone's yelling in the street next to it. Listen, man. Alistair's like- going to grab both of them and, like, pull them in close. He's like, be quiet. What? Sort out your, your problems sorry later. That I Ernest, Ernest, the name. Ernest. Like, I'm sorry. I just Stop talking. Was, I thought Stop the talking. Name was They'll hear you. Okay, now, listen. One of us goes in. Here's my thought. One of us goes in, all right? We caught like the messenger, right? I'm I'm happy to do it because I'm not like if you want or or Ernest, I'm happy to do it. I'll go in. I'll be like, all right. I'll I'll find Dorothy. I'll be like, can you meet us outside or whatever? You know, half an hour from now. All right. When she leaves, we get Randy to raid the place. All right. Anything could happen. Wait, Dorothy? Wouldn't that be like Dora? Is like short Ernest, the Dora. Ernest, I'm trying to make a play here. Okay. I'm just trying to work out, like, name, name shortenings. is Dorothy. Do- it's yeah. not that hard. Yeah, Dora. <laughs> Dora the Explorer. that... Ernest, if you were the leader, if you were the leader of the toughest gang, would you want to be called Dora the Explorer? No, you wouldn't, okay? I'd be So earned. just be quiet. Okay. He just kind of pushes you right. <laughs> <laughs> is that the plan? Like, are we going to try it? Am I going in? I mean, I guess. Yeah, man. I think we should call good. Randy. Randy's scarier than all of us. Alistair gives Ernest his phone back because he realized he still had it in his oh, pocket. Okay. You do that. Contact Randy. I'm going to go in, see what I can do. And Alistair pops through the fence. All right. As sneakily as possible. Uh, actually, I think I have... No, I have sneaking. As I do. Which takes three... VPS. Yeah. All right. Note that down. All right. You sneak through this back corner of the fence... There are crushed cars kind of piled up, creating this wall. You kind of squirm your way between the fence and these things for a little way until you find a space to duck through. You worm your way in and as you kind of find a spot between two different stacks where you can kind of stay low and see in. Basically, you see that the junkyard is kind of been, a lot of stuff has been pushed aside to make a cleared area. You can see there is like a fire drum in the middle there. A good two dozen teenagers hanging out here chatting they they look like the rougher type you know this sort of type from school there are a couple wrestling for no apparent reason there's a lot of shouting and jeering they're listening to music they're doing normal teenage things 
at the back behind this sort of overlooking the rest of it, uh, all of the car tires have been piled up to make this massive throne. Yes! And sitting on it wearing an incredibly cool black leather biker jacket um, is a girl who you'd she was probably about 17 or something with dark hair and sort of uh, similar to Cindy kind of raccoon-ish makeup and several scars that you can see. Okay, so Alistair is going to be very careful to not get in a fight with these people because he would lose for sure with that many people. Uh, I, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is I want to find somewhere that I can climb like a, a pile of cars or something I can climb on where I can easily like jump out. And, like, call their attention, say what's going on, and then get out of there before they find me. You find several fridges stacked together. You can kind of clamber on top of them if you want. If you wanted to jump, you're going to have to, like, jump over the fence and drop a couple of metres. So you'd have to roll just to, like, not sprain your ankle or something if you want. Yeah, if no, that's I'll, your quick I'll, escape I'll plan. try that just because I I feel like that's safer than potentially getting cornered between a lot <laughs> of angry teenagers yeah, yeah. with right. weapons. Alistair, using like their noise and everything as cover, he climbs up on top of this pile of fridges and he looks down at a circle and he picks up like a, a fridge door that's been loose um, and he's going to throw it at the, the drum. Okay, make a roll for that. 11. All right, you knock over the fire drum. I knock over the fire drum and I imagine it just like immediately goes out. Oh, not quite. Oh, and the like, light kind yeah. of dims. There's a few like outside... Uh, okay. yard lights on stuff and so it's not completely dark but it does dim significantly and there is sort of red coals strewn against across the ground yeah everyone look, suddenly goes quiet uh the music is still going but someone turns it off and then people are starting to look around alistair stands up and he says dorothy you see the don stands she does not look like a dorothy there's been a change of power 30 minutes, Park Fountain, come alone. And I turn and drop over the other side of the wall. As you do this, as you prepare to turn, you hear a voice scream out. There he is! <laughs> and stepping into the light of the cold, you see Gordy. Oh, shit! <laughs> Gordy is now bare-chested. And he's got like, he's like covered himself in like war paint in like different runes or something that looks like blood, can't be. And it's all over his hands and it's all over his face. He's pointing at you and he turns to the Don and goes, There he is! I'll kill him to prove my loyalty! And he's gonna rush to try and climb the. Um... So I'm gonna, I'm still gonna roll to, to do. All right, but yeah, I'm gonna roll, roll with. I'm gonna roll with. Do you want me to roll with disadvantage because I'm so shot. freaked out? Yeah, do that. I got a two. <laughs> he got a six. All right, so what's going to happen is basically you fall, but with a two, that's a failure. It's a failure to jump off. You basically are going to fall in rather than out. Okay, all right. So you you slip and you fall backwards down into this compound. Uh, roll the d4 for damage. Okay. This is not how I wanted it to go. Four, of course. Of course. The only damage number I ever roll, of course. Because you were kind of knocked prone onto the ground, Gordy is going to get right of way to initiate combat with you. Okay. That's great. He does not have a combat skill, even though he probably should, so he is going to roll luck to hit you rather than just using self-defense. Okay. And it's a natural 12. 
Oh, of course it is. He goes straight for the head. He is basically going to try and, like, uh, jump in the air and, like, pile drive into your head. <laughs> While this is all going on, Ernest, after hearing the clatter of Alistair falling, has <laughs> and come through the has you, you, Yeah, you hear Gordy yeah, scream. Ernest has come everybody through the side Gordy of the fence, like, has, like, kind of gesturing of his hands, like, okay, everybody, I'm just here to grab Alistair. Uh, yeah, oh, Gordy. Yeah, okay. Right. Jeremy and Bianca rush in after you. So, basically... He's going to get one hit in before they're going to try and tear him away from you. Okay. Uh, he does four damage to oh, you. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. He misses your head, but, like, hits you in the top of the shoulder, and it hurts like hell. I'm going to use my self-defense skill to pick up another door of, and basically <laughs> use it like a shield. <laughs> because going to, like, swing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got, I've got the words of Ernest ringing in my ears. It's like, don't hurt the child. You want to talk to them. But also I'm being attacked. So I'm going to back up, grab, like, some piece of metal to use as a shield against Geordie. All right. Geordie, sorry. So you, you do this. He's scrabbling and clawing at this thing, and he's just going, God, he's going to get you. 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 Hey, Gordy, I don't want to hurt you. I, I like, I, I'm sorry about the puddle thing. I really, I overstepped there. I didn't mean to. And if you could just let me go, like, I won't hurt you. I You're promise. cowering underneath this fridge door as <laughs> yeah. an eight-year-old is clawing at it. <laughs> the Don herself, she comes and, like, headlocks uh, Gordy from behind like full Nelson and drags him back and he's just going let me let me get him let me get him let me get him Alistair stands up still holding the fridge door with one hand and like brushes himself on he's like thank you and just goes to leave <laughs> the Don is kind of holding uh, Gordy back and he is like treading air trying to get to you all of these other kids are starting to crowd around they're like forming a fight circle around you guys uh, and Jeremy and Bianca kind of push through Ernest behind them. And Jeremy, suddenly very confident about this situation, since he is, like, visibly panicking. He is, like, sweating bullets. And he goes, All right, I am here. Don, I'm taking your job. Your time is over. He is, like, already starting to back up as he's talking. Bianca just steps forward and goes, Look, what he's saying is, there is a new power couple in town. <laughs> Dorothy, you are not needed. I love Dorothy that. is like so like, confused. She's going, I'm oh, sorry, what? I love what? how Alistair's in support of this awful relationship. <laughs> the most toxic I relationship. Never said I supported it. You, I just don't were, care. You facilitated so much. <laughs> it's correct. Donna's just very confused. Like, what is what is going on? Power couple. Girl, you do not know what you are talking about. And Jeremy's going, like, yeah, what, sorry, what? Power couple? No, no. And Bianca just like, uh, yeah, it's basically official now. All right. <laughs> We're just going to discuss terms of surrender. That is what we are doing. Bensons have turned their back on you. We've got them. The polos are no threat to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's an immediate murmur. It's like, yeah, yeah, nobody ever. No, 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 polos, golf nerds. The one's like, I'm sorry, what? You are, you are walking into my house, and you are what? Challenging me? What is this? And Bianca like steps forward, is like, oh, you want to go one on one? 
is that what you're talking about? And Jeremy's going, uh, no, no, we do not want to do one-on-one. I thought we just agreed that you would, uh, you, you would like step down. That was kind of what we were talking about, right? That guys, this is what we were talking about. Dudes, you, you. Jeremy is like looking around for support. Alistair and Ernest are not there. So Jeremy instead is going to uh, roll to see how well his natural charisma is going to get him. He rolled a natural two. <laughs> so he goes, come on, guys. All of you know, right? I would be better at this job. The Don's not not gonna do it, guys. Come on, guys. Bianca, we've got to go. <laughs> Bianca, we've got to go. He starts. He starts backing up. The Don just goes walk into the lion's den, my man, and she just drops Gordy, and Gordy is bolting <laughs> for Jeremy and for you guys if he can find you. While this is all going on, Ernest has kind of just like grabbed. Alistair by the back of the shirt and just has slowly walked the two of them out of the circle out through the back fence to the car to Dave said goodnight to get to Dave we're just walking off down the road in the direction that Alistair parked but Alistair parked like kilometres away type of thing uh, that goody kid terrifies me. Yeah, he's got some problems. But he's, here, here like, comes the cavalry. Literally screeching down the road comes Randy on a police motorcycle with the siren going. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have this moment. It's like uh, the Umbrella Academy meme where he's shooting past and he's looking at you on the motorbike. He's wearing, like, bike goggles. No hel- <laughs> no, no helmet. <laughs> It was like looking at you, you're looking at him, and he just keeps going. So you you guys head off down the road. It's about 11 o'clock at night now. You've had a big evening. And uh, what are you guys talking about as you go? Randy will take care of it. Look, he's, he's a policeman. I'm, I'm just a, a park ranger, you know? You know, if anybody is fit for dealing with Gordy, it's Randy. It's Randy. It's Randy. Cut now to Randy uh, pulling into the junkyard on his motorbike. He combat rolls off the bike into like a ready Krav Maga position. (laughs) In front of him, there are just about 20 teenagers in a total bedlam. There's argument. Three or four people are actually fighting. Bianca is like got Gordy by the head and she's doing that older sibling thing where she's just holding his head and he is swinging at her but can't reach. <laughs> Jeremy is like hiding behind her and other kids are like shoving him and the Don is just laughing and she's going, really? Really? This is what you thought you would do? And you said, sorry, the Bensons are on your side? I think I'm going to be having a word to them. Randy pulls his police badge out from his jacket and he says, ah, a policeman is never early. He's never late. He arrives precisely when the law needs to get thrown down. And he sprints into the throng yelling, Police, you're all under arrest! Bloody kids! This was my night off. Bernie went to a meeting and, and I stayed home. I was going to watch Oprah. But no, no. Here I am with you lot. And you, he looks at he looks at the Don. You should have known better. <laughs> the Don, like, puffs herself up. That thing teenagers do. Like, they square their shoulders and put their arms out in front of them like like some kind of weird flexing pose. It's just, you really want to tangle with me? You Red- really want to tangle? Randy puts his, his badge back in his pocket and, like, stands up and is like, do you want me to call you dad? Look, I think we, we can work something out. I think we can work something out. How about you run along home, sunshine? Huh? Okay. <laughs> like- I'll sort this mess out. Off you go. 
Deirdre, Game Maven. She's like backing up slowly, but like trying to figure out how to maintain composure. Randy slowly pulls his phone out. All right, everyone, come on. Party's over. Let the narc have their fun. And she like starts like grabbing people and kind of shoving them towards the gate. Yeah, all right. You turn around. Everyone else is leave. There is just Bianca who is holding uh, Jeremy's hand and Jeremy is like trying to leave with the group but Bianca is like not moving because uh, she's still holding Gordy by the head. Gordy has sort of started to clock that something has changed as everyone else is gone. Randy looks at those two and he goes, and you two lovebirds are in big trouble jeremy's just like looking at you pleadingly for help gordy is like it's like stops mid sort of swing at bianca and goes no you can't take me he's is that, is that gordy? my ass nemesis gordy you can't get gordy i'm Go- gonna get you gordy i'm gonna get you Right, Gordy just sprints into the junkyard trying to find somewhere to hide. Randy immediately forgetting that Bianca and Jeremy are there sprints off after him as like tearing bits of junk out of the way. He's like, Gordy, you're not getting away this time. Not like the summer camp. Not again. Not again. Randy still has nightmares. No, no, not again. They nearly took my badge for that. I won't make it happen again. In that forest, that was my arm. Hearing your voice <laughs> in the trees. In the trees. <laughs> exactly what Chester said. <laughs> Bianca and uh, Jeremy just slip out <laughs> as you go. They collect Davo, get in the car and go. Dark Tides is Chester Lydon as Ernest Marsh, BJ Ingate as Alistair Cern, and me, Aubrey Lydon, as your host and narrator. Thank you for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording uh, this episode. Your host, narrator, and Bianca. Sure. (laughs) Sure. It's been a long night, guys. It's been a long night, guys. I hope you're not having a long night. Oh, this having... is getting cut. You could literally just like copy and paste in the, the details from the last one. I don't know why we record multiple yeah. times. You can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash darktides. We have a pile of bonus content available, including extra shows, an after show chat with the cast, and many other things that are great. Uh, and if you want to get news about upcoming episodes or chat to us, you can find our social medias. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash darktidespod. We're on Facebook at the same, and Reddit at r slash darktides. So check those out. Uh, We will see you next week with the next instalment. Stay safe. Look, he's off in the wilderness now. If we, (laughs) the gnomes will adopt him. I just this is out of podcast, but if he turns into one of the lost, he will be the most terrifying thing we have ever come up against. We will see. He's the only one that can properly talk. (laughs) It hasn't corrupted his mind. It's just given him superpowers. He'll be like the mouth of Sauron. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Gordy has come to speak (laughs) with you. All right. I mean, that's terrible. We need to find this child, but still. All right, smash cut. All right.